off to Robinson. Another one goes down for Duncan Robinson. Five and a feed. Robinson three. Oh! As he gets it to Robinson, he will fire again. And he hits again. Butler drives, stops. Up top, Robinson puts up a three. It's good. It's good. Duncan Robinson from downtown. downtown. Hello and welcome to the very first rendition of the Longshot Podcast. I'm your host here, Duncan Robinson, and I'm here with my good friend, Davis Reed. What is going on? How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm super excited to finally be on air. Uh, A lot of time, thought, energy, and effort on both of our fronts, really, has, has gone into... Uh, having this come to fruition, and finally, here we are with our own podcast. Who would have thought? Uh, well, maybe I would have at one point. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, first off, I, I just want to take this time to thank uh, 342 Productions, Cadence 13, and also JJ and Tommy uh, for lending us this opportunity, allowing us to take advantage of it and just giving us this platform. Uh, we're, we're super excited about it and certainly would not be possible without all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I would also like to thank you for the opportunity. I'm incredibly grateful to be here, excited to get this thing going. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's going to be fun. As I mentioned, a podcast uh, has been something that I've been thinking about for a little while. You know, I dabbled with one back in the day in college. I uh, had one with a, a good friend of mine, um, Andrew Dockich, that kind of fizzled out, but it, it definitely scratched the itch at the time for what I was doing. And ever since I did that, I really kind of wanted to jump back into this space. And a lot of it has to do with, I really have a passion for storytelling, but also I feel that I'm a pretty you know, curious person. Anybody that, that knows me knows that I ask a lot of questions, um, which is why I'm just excited to to have some people on and really get some background and just dive deeper into stories that probably many of you are maybe familiar with just on the surface level, but to take a little bit deeper dive um, into kind of what goes into someone's journey through life. And that kind of ties into really what this show will be about, uh, which, you know, a huge part of it will be the guest segment today. You know, we don't have a guest. You're stuck Uh, with us. It's just us for today, but we also want to use this opportunity to kind of, you know, just kind of preview what this show will be about. Um, And then moving forward, you can expect to have a guest uh, every single week. And on on top of, you know, our guests and diving into their underdog stories, um, we also are going to, of course, cover, you know, NBA news, uh, what's going on around the league, current events in general. uh, But obviously, particularly, you know, my day in and day out, I'll certainly provide you or will certainly provide you with an inside look into my life as, you know, a current Player for the Miami Heat, uh, currently in my my third year with the organization. Two and a half, I would say. Two and a half. First year, you know, spent definitely some time in uh, a place that was not Miami, which is Miami's G League team in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, For those of you that are unfamiliar with American geography, uh, South Dakota is very different than South Florida. And most organizations have their G League affiliate in the same 
general location yeah. or at least within fairly a drive. close. Yeah, right. Within a reasonable drive. Miami, though, a little bit different. No. Uh, Coach Riley had a different vision in that, you know, I, I think having it in <laughs> Sioux Falls would be this constant reminder that you are a long ways away from being on the heat. <laughs> right. So I want to clarify, it is your third year, but it's your second 2.5 year in the association. Yeah, I spent, you know, half that first year. I think I played 30 games in the G League. Um, and then I think I only played in like 15 in the NBA. Uh, I spent basically, it was a basically a 50-50 split back and forth. Um, but I will say I, I thoroughly enjoyed both of my experiences and I, a ton, a ton of credit for the Sioux Falls Sky Forest organization and what they have going up there. Um, unfortunately, this G League season has kind of been thrown off, it seems. Um, but that is truly a, a special place. It's incredibly cold. But uh, other than that, everything from a basketball standpoint is A1. Yeah, it's fantastic. I also, anytime we talk about this first year, it's an opportunity for us to bring up that you caught the final alley-oop from Dwayne Wade in his last season, which has to be one of the most mind-blowing stats ever. I envision a bar one day where there's sports trivia and it's who did Dwayne Wade throw his last alley-oop to and no table guesses Duncan Robinson. There's no way. Yeah, I, I will say that's a anecdote. I don't know if it's a stat i think it's more of a fact or an anecdote sure uh that gets often overlooked in that you're right i, I was the the last one uh, in d wade's final game unfortunately that that first year we didn't make the playoffs so that last game was basically a throwaway game uh against the nets in brooklyn but you wouldn't be able to tell from the the, the crowd it was absolutely packed everybody on site to see the last time uh D Wade would be playing in a in a Miami Heat or in an NBA uniform, and of course I'm out there playing 35 minutes. Some G leaguer who nobody wants to see uh, out there just throwing up bricks and messing up Dwayne Wade's triple double. Yeah, but catching the alley oop, which I think put a gift wrap just on everything. That is true. So I, I was responsible for at least one of his assists because um, he did end up getting the triple double. Right. But I I very vividly remember a moment in that game when he had like seven assists and I had just missed two threes that he had thrown to me. Cause the, the game plan was very clear at this point in the game. It was, if he passes you the ball, shoot it in that. If it goes in, it will contribute towards his triple double. And I remember thinking to myself, I am going to be solely responsible for Dwayne Wade, not getting his farewell triple double which you would have never lived down for the rest never. of your career no matter it wouldn't what matter yeah it would not matter what my career trajectory was to Dwayne Wade I would always be the bum who ruined his triple yeah, double yeah you're a zero luckily UD yes. hit the right he was the 10th assist in in fitting fashion really I was just kind of playing into the dramatics of it all uh and I missed all my shots, which allowed for his 10th assist to be to Udonis, uh, who hit a patented elbow jumper uh, right in his wheelhouse, and D-Way was able to waltz off into the sunset. That's beautiful. Does UD still have that in his game? Absolutely. Because we haven't seen that people don't get to see <laughs> People don't get to see it, but uh, obviously NBA fans who have been around a while know that UD is a killer. Oh my God, that guy's a problem. Um, we see it every day in practice. What he's able to still do in year, I think it is 18, um, is incredibly, 
impressive. And obviously, you know, his, his leadership is well documented. Um, it's a huge reason as to why we've been able to have the success that we've had, particularly last year in the bubble, to have an, an anchor like that, um, just that that voice of your team, that voice of your locker room uh, was huge for us. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to attempt to get us back on the rails here. So like you said, we're planning on having a guest every week, uh, but we have the benefit of you also being a long shot. Your story is a pretty cool one. I'm biased because I was there for a little bit of it. But so, you know, this first episode, we wanted to talk about that a little bit. I think, you know, I certainly wasn't there for all of it, but we met in 2010 Yep. at a summer camp in Boston. Yeah. And he was a very different basketball player in 2010. Yeah. The, uh, the, di- the dynamics looked a lot differently back then than they do now. Um, at that point, Davis was a stud high school basketball player. I was struggling to get off the bench of my very average high school basketball team. Uh, meanwhile, Davis was setting like school records for his team, which was like sending players to go on to play high major and all this sort of stuff. That's not entirely true, although I will let the listeners think that's true. You can keep complimenting <laughs> me, uh, but I was a better basketball player than you in 2010. Unquestionably. Without a doubt. Yes. In fact, so at this camp, we got put on the same team. Yes. What they did is there were a couple hundred kids there. They randomly assign you to a team. Yeah, and it was an exposure event. Right. Yeah. And, and then you play each other for the you know, week or whatever it is. Right. We got randomly paired on the same team. I'm coming from Kansas. You're coming from New Hampshire. So we obviously didn't know each other. Uh, we didn't really get to know each other that camp. Well, I tried. Uh, Davis at this point. I think you could say was letting the ego get the best of himself. He felt that he was one of the better players at camp, which he probably was, and basically viewed me as just kind of some just kind of peon, uh, you know, just like some non-important member of the camp. And and I would you know try to befriend him, and, and it just wasn't going. Uh, you know, fast forward two years. Hold on, that's not entirely true. I would like to clarify now. I went to high school in Kansas. I was blessed to play with some really good players there. Willie Cauley-Stein, who's now in Dallas. Siobhan Shields, who went to Nebraska. Now he's in Italy playing professionally. So my job there was to give them the ball and just kind of stay out of the way. So when I go to this camp in Boston, I'm looking to get some shots up. You know, I, I didn't get to do that during my, my high school season as much as I would have liked. So yeah, did I view you as someone who was in my way to get shots right. up? Maybe a little bit. Right. But you know, I, don't think, I don't think I big-timed you, did I? Well, it was there was some sort of standoff, but but anyways, fast forward two years, uh, I get a little bit better. Davis, I will say, probably plateaued a little bit. Yeah, I'd say plateaued. Um, and we wind up being recruited to the same prep school, and that's really where Davis and I got to know each other. Uh, spent a year together on a uh, team together at Phillips Exeter Academy, um, a boarding school in New Hampshire. And just really got to know each other, became really close friends. We're fortunate enough to have some success at that school. You know, we ended up winning the school's first championship. And since then, you know, we've, we've been really close ever since. We uh, used to eat breakfast together every day. That's right. And play uh, NCAA football yeah. on Xbox. That, yeah, which, which I was just so much better than you at. That's that's very debatable. Um, but anyways, so you know when I was deciding or going through the process of creating a podcast, I felt that you know the longevity of our friendship uh, combined with Davis's uh, just kind of 
his life skills of being very punctual uh, on top of things. It just felt like a good fit. Uh, so here we are now, you know, whatever it is, 11 years later. And, uh, you know, we're, we're making a podcast together, which I'm I li- excited about. I like that this keeps turning into compliments to me. This is, wasn't planned, but it's fantastic. Thank you. Again, please keep those coming. No, I, I would like to just, so we get to Exeter, right? Like Duncan said, my career maybe plateaued a little bit, starting plat- started plateauing there. Duncan was a very different basketball player two years later, already there. I, I thought I was a shooter, and I remember early on watching you just get shots up and knowing right away that I had never really seen anything like it. It was apparent to me right away, and I, it pains me a little bit to say that. I don't mean to you know boost your ego, but... It was, it's just incredible. And I remember, I, I distinctly remember after open gym one day, Duncan was getting shots up and a couple of us, this is early on. So like we, you know, we had a special group there. We all became pretty close friends, but this was early on. We didn't know each other that well. And a couple of us are sitting on the sideline, just watching him shoot. And we're kind of looking at each other like, who the hell is this guy? Like what, what, what is going on here? I'll, I'll say this in that. People say now all I can do is shoot. Back then, really all I could do is shoot. <laughs> like that was I like I was still I was on the back end of like learning how to run. Like I, I grew so fast throughout my high school career. I you know, I, I think it's kinda well documented at this point, but I was five six as a freshman, um, and ended up leaving high school six, 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 seven, that much of my high school career was legitimately just spent like trying to get coordinated. So uh, yeah, by that point, I could shoot it a little bit, uh, was starting to figure some things out, had the opportunity, um, was very fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go and play at Williams College, a Division three school. Once again, I, I think this story is it has been well told on every <laughs> broadcast. Oh, my God. Um, it's hard to get to a broadcast without... You know, hearing something about the fact that I played Division three basketball, um, I hope at one point in my career that, that that fades and that I just get regarded as just an NBA player, um, a professional basketball player, and, and the D3 title uh, begins to fade. But for now, I, I wear that, that uh, or I carry that torch proudly, I should say. I agree. The story's probably be, been beaten, you know, to a pulp at this point, but it is a pretty incredible story. Also, what gets glossed over in the story that stands out to me the most is in that process, you had the greatest Instagram caption of all time. It still stands today as maybe the greatest Instagram caption of all time. I'm a big J. Cole guy, so you know, you it struck a chord with me particularly. But you go to Williams, you have an incredible year at Williams, you know what rookie of the freshman of the well year, we had a good we had you know a whatever as a team you, you know, guys we, had a good year yeah get to the national championship lose um like i tend to do in, in championships it seems um but yes continue great year you know again i think people know the story but uh you know maker coach maker leaves your coach at williams opens up the door for to you potentially leaving you wouldn't have probably if he stayed end up getting to go to michigan right which yes. at the time was the most incredible thing ever. Like the fact that you were going to go potentially be on the bench at Michigan was incredible. I remember how excited everybody was, but you posted a picture when you got to campus and you guys had your kind of media day, you and your Michigan Jersey with a J Cole lyric, keep grinding boy, your life could change in one year. Yeah. Just incredible. I don't think that that still exists on my Instagram, um, but that was definitely 
one of those moments. And I try to stay away from like the, the clout chasing Instagram moments. I try to be pretty just like irrelevant on that app as much as I can be. Um, but I will say that was one that I definitely kind of leaned into. It just felt right um, in the moment. But you're right in that at that point, it's funny to look back being at Michigan. I mean, as it should be, it was a exciting accomplishment. But just to be like in that locker room um, with guys, you know, the year before me, Nick, Skous- Nick Stauskas, Glenn Robinson, Mitch McGarry, Trey Burke two years before me, Tim Hardaway, um, to think that I was going from small college basketball to then just being in that locker room, being coached by John Beeline, having those types of opportunities at the time was just like beyond me. Like I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. Yeah, and and as a friend and supporter, it was the exact same way. Like it was just the fact that you were going there at all was the remarkable part. No, you know, I I hate to say, no one thought rationally that we would be where we're at today. I mean, have you? It, you know, I, I know it's a, a cliche question, but do you look back at those moments, particularly, you know, in 2010 when, you know, we're on the same team and you're you're looking at what I'm doing on the court. Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting for touches with Davis Reed. Were they, I, just how incredible it is. You've had such a tumultuous first two years in the sense that COVID, like, like COVID interrupts your first full year in the NBA. Now you are in this weird year with a short off season. It feels like maybe there hasn't been a lot of time to just kind of sit back and take a breath. But do you have moments where you're laying in bed at night like, holy shit, like wh- what is going on? Or at this point, is it just, you know, you know you belong now. It's like, this is just where we're at. I think that, you know, moments like those probably come too few and far between. Um, I wish I, w- I was able to have more of them. Unfortunately, or not unfortunately, because I think it's both a weakness and a strength, but I'm very much wired in like what's next, you know, like let me just keep checking boxes. Um, One thing that I'm very thankful for is that I have my family that has been incredibly supportive through it all and my friends um, that have pretty much stayed the same people through it all as well. And I think those two groups of people in particular really helped me keep and gain perspective on those types of things. Um, and it, allow, it just makes everything more fun. You know, like you're allowed or you're able to share these journeys with people. Um, I do find it interesting that my friends tend to be a little bit selective on which experiences they want to share. Like now that I'm down in Miami, you visit all the time. Couldn't get you out to Sioux Falls once. Um, but that's its own thing. Uh, nonetheless, like I, I really think what makes this journey for me so special is to share it with other people. Um, and I know that probably sounds corny and cliche, but it is the like absolute truth. And like you said, so much of, of this, these opportunities that I've, I now have were just so unexpected. You know, a big part of me feels like I'm just kind of playing with house money. Um, and it just is continuous. You know, the continuous mindset is to be, let's just see how far we can push it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, as a spectator, it's just been remarkable. We were joking earlier. It's like, when you went to Michigan, it was the biggest deal in the world. When you then started to play at Michigan, it was the biggest deal in the world. When you then got to play in the summer league, biggest deal in the world. Then you sign a two-way, and then it's just, and now all of a sudden you, you know, break a record for threes in the season for the Miami Heat. Well, I, I'll say it was a big deal to us. I don't think anyone else really gave a, gave a shit. Yeah, just to clarify, I meant for us. Yeah. The general, uh, the general public, public literally still doesn't care about what Doug Robinson is up to. And I'm okay with that. And I'm willing to keep it that way. Um, 
except I would appreciate if you guys cared about this podcast because I, <laughs> I am I am excited about it. I'm excited about the guests that we're we're gonna have on and uh, the potential you know nuggets of wisdom that we can share. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, nonetheless, yeah, I've I've come a long way. Safe to say from from that uh, that camp in Boston. Yeah, who would have thought? I feel like the Paul Rudd uh, hot ones meme. Look at us. Look at us. Who yeah. would have thought? There are a couple of segments that we really kind of want to work into the show. I, I will say, full disclosure, you know, this is our first time hosting a podcast, so these are very, very workable. Um, first and foremost, feedback is strongly encouraged. Yeah. Uh, how we feel, where people stand on the concepts, the ideas, anything and everything is welcome. Honest feedback. Brutal uh, feedback. Yeah. Yes. Brutally honest feedback. Um, Davis and I are both fans of Reddit. Uh, probably Davis more than I at this point. I, I try to just stay off of all social media, particularly in season. But I, if there's a social media that I always find myself coming back to, it is Reddit. I just think it's just an incredible place um, full of just like original content that just always has me laughing and interested in all sorts of stuff. It's the best. Um, so as a result, we want to incorporate an NBA Reddit question of the day. There's just so much rich content. So much. Both comical, but also really insightful. Yes. So I think we'll try to pull a little bit of both. Yeah, that that's the goal um, to kind of weave in and out of, you know, some lighthearted stuff, some more serious stuff. Um, but we also really want to, the attempt is to galvanize that community because we know it's a strong community. Yeah, give us your best um, questions. You know, give us, give us the best content you got. We want you to know that, we're certainly watching, um, no pressure, but uh, we, we love what we've seen uh, with some of the questions that get posted on there. So with that being said, I think Davis has the NBA Reddit question of the day for us. True, our first ever. First ever. And we're keeping it relatively conservative here with the first question because I Fair. think it's, it's a topic we wanted to touch on anyway. Yeah, and we got to ease into it as e well. Exactly yeah. right. But it's, it, it comes from our guy, Mike. Actually, technically, it's zero underscore zero underscore mike shout out to zero underscore zero underscore mike and he asks and and what's interesting is he's asking this to the reddit community right but i'm obviously asking it to you who Correct. has a first-hand experience of this what do you like better the bubble or empty arenas mike th this is a good one um it's actually a question i've, I've gotten quite a bit uh, not that you are asking me directly, but I'm, I'm now answering it as if you were. Personally, I much prefer the bubble, uh, mostly because those venues were set up for no fans. They had the virtual fans on the outside. They had the tight backdrops. They had the small seating area, seating for you know close family once we got deep into the playoffs. Um, and now we've had to adjust to playing in these 18, 20,000 person arenas and they're these, you know, large cavernous arenas and they're just empty. And that is like, I'll never forget our first exhibition game or preseason game. It was just this eerie feeling of just being in this massive place and it just being dead quiet to the point where you could like hear people on the bench speaking when you're on the opposite end of the floor. It's just been, that's been definitely been an adjustment um, and then you go and play like we had a preseason game in Tampa Bay uh, with the Tampa Bay Raptors or our first game of the season was in Orlando with the Magic and they have some fans. I think they had like 3,000 or 4,000 
And it legitimately felt like there were 40,000 people in there because we were just at that point so used to having nobody that the adjustment of having anybody felt so strange. Does it allow you to hear more easily trash talk from not just opposing players, but fans? So in that setting, yes, there was a really funny interaction Um you know, in, in Tampa Bay, I feel bad for the Raptors because those aren't actually their real fans. You know, they're right. they're f- people from Florida, Tampa Bay area. So when we went to play there, there were probably more Heat fans than there were Raptor fans. And there was a, a foul or something, and one of our guys is on the line, and I'm outside the, the three-point line with Fred Van Fleet, and there's a fan in the crowd who's complaining about the call. And at some point he calls out Fred. I don't remember exactly what in what capacity. And Fred just turns around and yells in the entire place. Here's him. Shut up and put on your mask. <laughs> and it was just this, it was like dead silent. And everybody was just like, that was awesome. <laughs> but it was just like a perfect example of just how weird this year has been in that you could, everybody could hear it. It was so clear in what was happening. And it just like summed up at least what that preseason been like in a nutshell. Yeah. Miami has now started to let some fans to the arena. So I've had the privilege of going to a couple of games. They are playing music throughout pretty much the entire thing. So it's changed now where like I'm yelling to people who are, who I'm at the game with who are sitting next to me because what they've done in Miami is correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like every player has their own section essentially. Yeah. So you can invite people from a household yeah, it's, to come it's, to a game. it's close friends and family. Um, Davis is obviously a, a close friend of mine. So Davis is able to come and, and basically, like you said, you have an entire section to yourself. Uh, so in that setting, like we, there's no fan noise for us. We don't hear you. Right. They pump in some crowd noise. Uh, but still, it's just the visual also, the visual component of looking around an 18,000 person arena and seeing like, I don't know, 150 people. Not even. I. It's so few that I counted. I hand counted the other night. There were 63 fans in the stands. Yeah, that is, you hand counted. I, Clearly the game was not. I don't have 63 fingers, but yeah, yeah. You, you get the idea. Yeah. I, uh, the other thing I noticed is it's so cold in there. Yeah. There's a lot of body heat that's lacking. I don't know if that's something you feel on the court. I doubt it because you guys are running around. But for that us is, in the stands, it's pretty cold. That's an interesting take. We might need to consult a uh, scientist on, on that take. Uh, I don't know if that's valid. Anyways, that's our, our NBA Reddit question of the day. The second segment that we hope to incorporate is basically, you know, Tommy and JJ, if you guys listen to their show, they have their drafted segment. And the draft is a very, you know, it's well covered and, and well discussed Uh you know, there's all the inside jokes that go into it. Since I didn't have the luxury of being drafted on draft night. We have no idea what that feels like. Yeah. June 21st, 2018. It's not like I don't remember anything. Um, I have no idea what it feels like to be drafted. As you, as you mentioned. So we wanted to create an undrafted segment. Shout out to the underrepresented. Yes. The underappreciated. Underappreciated. Which. The overlooked. Yeah. Which we can relate a little bit more to. You can relate to. Yes. Um, and basically what this segment will be, Davis and I will participate just this one time so you can get a feel, but moving forward, it'll basically just be our, our guest that we have on and it's going to be three things. So basically your most underappreciated, undervalued, 
book, song, and movie. Yeah. Three things that at least I tend to fill most of my free time with. At least I try to. Yeah. Um, more reading, on the music. More on the music and movies, admittedly. I, I need to read more books. I think everybody needs to read more books. Um, but anyway, so that, that will be our next segment, the undrafted segment. I'll lead it off here. Uh, I'm going to go with the book Talking with Strangers. Mm. And that is by Malcolm Gladwell, who I now have the privilege of calling somewhat of a friend. Uh, we've, we've been on a couple of podcasts together, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd read some of his other books and a lot of his other books get praise, but Talking with Strangers is one that I feel is not given enough praise. And uh, it's, it's one that I thoroughly enjoyed and strongly recommend. Yeah, it's a great pick. You want me to give my book? Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you give we'll it? We'll go back and forth. Yeah, go back. My book is The Art of Fielding. A novel. Oh my God, incredible book. One of my friends recommended it to me who didn't, the book is about a baseball, a division three baseball team, but it's not really about baseball. It's about life and the challenges that different people in different stages of their lives are uh, encountering. A friend of mine who did not play sports, doesn't really have an interest in sports, said, you have to read this book. I read it. It's my favorite book I've ever read. You like sports more than I do, so you're going to love it. It's incredible. I highly recommend it to everybody, whether you are a sports fan or not. Great, great novel. Um, Love that. Mine, I just came back to me. The other Malcolm Gladwell book that I really enjoy is The Tipping Point. Just thought I would I would throw that out there. Um, song is our, our next medium of choice uh, that is overlooked, undervalued. And I have a closeness by Dermot Kennedy. I really think that Dermot Kennedy could basically define this entire, you know, overlooked, underdog, long shot story. Um, he's kind of risen to, to fame and stardom now, but... A Closeness comes on one of his earlier albums. I'm a big fan. I think it's one, once again, that does not get the attention that it deserves. Love it. Uh, this was the hardest one for me. I actually wrote down five. I'm not going to give five because that please would don't. be selfish. Yeah, please don't. I'm going to go Naked by LMA. Wow. We took it in that direction. Yeah, it just absolutely incredible. I believe it's a bonus track on her EP. It is, And yeah. it's acoustic. Yeah, it's just her. Just no, it's a it's a great song. Oh I, my I'm a gosh. huge LMA fan. I think I I put you on to LMA. I believe. I don't know if you did. I, I think it's safe to say. If you did, thank you. That's one of those that you just roll the windows up, turn it on full blast, and yeah. just belt. And you sing along to. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my god. Um, next up or last up, I should say, is uh, the movie. And this one I got a little creative with. Mine's not exactly your your prototypical movie. Um, I chose a Netflix special which I love. Uh, I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. Um, you know, hailing, he also hails from the Northeast, uh, Danvers, Mass, I believe, St. John's Prep alum. Shout out to Pat Connaughton for that one. <laughs> and I have Make Happy by Bo Burnham. Um, it's an hour-long Netflix special. Strongly recommend anyone and everyone to watch it. He's a comedian, but he's he's so much more than that. Yeah, that is incredible. I actually went back and watched that last week, the other day. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And he is a comedian, but that one is pretty deep. Yeah. Awesome. He, uh, my favorite, sorry, not to go on a Bo Burnham tangent, but my favorite thing about his stuff is that it makes you somewhat sad, definitely happy and makes you laugh, and it certainly makes you think all in like one one of his songs or one of his bits. Um, I think that to have the ability to be able to do that is 
truly unique. Um, and he is certainly missed, in my opinion. He's kind of stepped away from performing and doing that sort of thing. But I hope at some point he comes back. Yeah, he's in writing now, right? He, yeah, he wrote a movie. Eighth grade. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. My movie is Yesterday. Can't say I've seen it. Oh, it's really good. It's uh, it's about a guy who the whole world forgets that the Beatles existed, except this one guy who's an aspiring musician. Wow. And he's the only one who remembers the Beatles. That seems like some sort of musical advantage or competitive advantage. 1,000%. So you can imagine what happens Just to his musical career. all the Beatles songs. Yeah. But it's really good. Great movie. Highly recommend. All right. Well... Those are our two segments. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea if those hit or if they just completely flopped. <laughs> they, felt they, felt a little, they felt a little good in the moment. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the, the feedback is not only welcomed, but encouraged. We're a work in progress, people. Like, cannot emphasize that enough. In this life is, and in podcasting. So, so let me also reiterate that this entire show is a work in progress and that we are very much learning on the fly. So bear with us. We appreciate uh, any sort of, you know, viewership, listening, feedback, whatever you want to give, uh, you know, we welcome it with open arms. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to touch on? I think that's the kind of the end of our... I think list. that wraps up uh, episode one. Uh, as, as we mentioned, please do not worry. Uh, moving forward, you will not have to hear this much from us. <laughs> It'll be smaller segments of us two you know jabbing back and forth and much more of our esteemed guests um that that we hope and, and plan to have on so thank you for making it to this point in the pod uh we look forward to having you back on soon and yeah welcome to the long shot we'll see you next week we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>